Greetings and good evening, everyone. Thank you for joining us this evening on the 22nd of October, 2021. Um, you could have been anywhere else today on a Friday, but you chose to be here with us today uh, for this event. And for those of you who are viewing in the future, thank you for taking the time out of your day to view this presentation that we have for you today. So today's theme is going to be on the subject of healing and holding the community. When we say whole, we're not talking about a whole as in a depression in the ground, but a whole as a unified oneness. And that in that unified oneness, this is where we have the healing of the community. So the holding, the holding and the healing of the community are really one and the same. And that's what we're trying to do, get on one accord as a community. Yes, yeah, so we'll move on forward now into the program and bring before you our next speaker. Uh, she comes to us today. This is Sister Courtney Wheeler, and she is going to be giving us a talk on also, you know, getting into the spiritual aspect and nature of things and nature of being. Uh, so no more for myself. I'm going to turn it over to uh, Sister Courtney. <laughs> Thank you everyone for coming. Um, I really appreciate the opportunity to speak with all of you. Um, I've known the co-host Grace for over a decade. And what's ironic is that at the time when we first met, neither of us had children, but we were always involved in activities. You know, like I met Grace through United Sisters, which was a mentoring program for girls. And at the time I was involved in, um, I, my, my soft spot is older kids. Um, a lot of times people, when they, when they hear working with youth or working with kids, they always go to the at-risk ages um, or when they're younger, or let's say before they're 12 or 13. I actually um, work primarily with people in the 17 to 24 year old age group. And um, the reason why that group is so important to me is because in many ways in my life, I kind of stayed in that age group. It's, um, it's like when we, when we talk about growth and development, you know, we, we think of physical growth. Um, we even think of uh, maturity or, or how schools are. Each grade, you learn more information. Um, and then there's the spiritual growth, which, as the last speaker alluded to, um, across the board, most people are just really uh, lacking in that type of education. Like, like that, that aspect of our being, and let's say if you go through public school your whole life, you never really experienced that. I went to Catholic school my whole life. So I always had an understanding of spirit or, or the presence of spirit or the fact um, that there was something beyond me playing playing, you know, behind the scenes, something was going on to make the world keep on turning. So um, another reason why that that age group, or let's just say older, older kids, a lot of people, um, the older children tend to get the most attention for their issues. Um, because the the 
the results of their decisions are much more obvious, whether it be pregnancy or breaking some kind of law or breaking some household rule, as opposed to a younger kid, when they do something, you might put them in timeout or just the outcome of, of what they do just isn't as, let's just say, let's just be honest. It's usually, it's embarrassing to the parent, <laughs> you know, like, like a lot of times in this age group, what the kids do isn't really thought of until the thing they do actually has some impact on someone else. So um, in this age group, it's crazy because society is telling them that they're almost adults. Um, you know, some, some kids have this magical 18 in their head and they just think that when they turn 18, um, life is gonna magically make sense. They're gonna be free <laughs> and, um, because of my upbringing, I tend to be able to have a more robust conversation with them um, simply because I was a kid who made a decision to divorce my parent. Um, you know, emancipation and um, things like that. I mean, like we know about the foster care, like we know about um, children who go into foster care because their parents aren't able to care for them. but. As a, as a culture, we very seldom talk about kids who have the emotional, physical, and spiritual intelligence. Now, this is the state or the courts assessing this, but there are a whole group of kids who have decided that home is not where they want to be, or home is so detrimental to their well-being that they need an alternative. Um, they need a, they need somewhere else to go. So two things, um, the last speaker talked about trauma and I, I really like the way that he broke it down because that that's kind of, um, that's what I often have to um, temper myself with. It's like um, the pushback that I get when I talk to people about healing is often, um, well, just because you got through that doesn't mean that someone else can. And I had to like, I had to really think about that um, because it did sound kind of arrogant, you know, or, you know, just upon reflection, I realized that um, what I really mean to say is that everyone's capable of healing and how you go about it might be different but you have to first believe that you are resilient enough and capable enough of getting through whatever the situation may be. Um, when it comes to trauma, you know, I, I thought about the gunshot. It's like, if you hear gunshots all the time, perhaps that isn't a traumatic experience to you. Um, and if you don't hear gunshots all the time, um, then hearing it might trigger something in you. Um, the same way I look at the difference between the motherless children and the unmothered children. You know, like I had a mother, but she was not motherly and she was not loving. <laughs> so it's almost like we end up becoming these adults who never really reflect on our conditioning. We just believe that whatever has happened is true. So one of the things that I'm really focused on um, 
when I, um, you know, work with anybody who wants to be the best version of themselves, because ultimately, um, we have to get out of comparing ourselves to other people. We have to get out of comparing our kids to other people's kids or comparing our own children to one another. I mean, they are individual people. And it's like, um, some of us spend so much time in life trying to live up to a false person's expectation or trying to, in my case, um, trying to not be what my parental figure tried to convince me that I was. Um, so it's crazy because I, like I'm, I came to parenthood very late in the game. Like I didn't have my first, uh, well, my only child um, until I was almost 40. Um, so as a result of that, I spent a lot of time adulting. Um, but even my pathway to adulting was the result of unresolved trauma. And I'll explain it this way. We always talk about how um, growing up in fractured homes or um, living in poverty or living in uh, environments with lots of violence, we always talk about how that can lead to someone getting on drugs or lead to them going to prison or lead to them having a bunch of babies or just all these negative um, things that we think are the result of trauma. But we never think about hyper-independence. Hyper-independence is a real problem. It's like you just get to the point where you don't, you don't need anyone. Um, and the longer you live with that kind of attitude, you actually end up cutting yourself off from meaningful relationships. Perhaps you miss opportunities for advancement. Um, the other alternative, um, the other uh, result of trauma that's never really discussed is that you can end up spending so much of your life focused on outward things because it's, it, you know, typically a child that is um, abused or traumatized really um, wants approval, wants validation for their worth. So then you end up becoming this high achieving adult who really doesn't get any kind of personal satisfaction from accomplishing goals because ultimately um, they weren't doing it for themselves. Or you just, you get to a point in life where you're just so focused on achievement, acquiring things that you look up one day and you don't have any friends or, and then this same person who doesn't have friends who keeps themselves in a box, who is stuck living by a set of rules that isn't really making them happy, this person is then trying to teach another person how to live their best life. And, and, it, and it really doesn't work that way. So for me, it's like I, I'd always considered myself a very spiritual person. Like I say, I, I went to Catholic school my whole life. Um, but pretty much by the time I got to college, I had I had a clear in my mind, I knew that I was more spiritual, as I put it. I was more spiritual than religious. Um, and I knew why. You know, I, I wasn't just saying that because it was a trendy thing. It was like, 
in in school I was taught that um you know like religion is a set of rules it's a um it's either like you know like with the bible you read it literally or contextually like you know you read between the lines you you look for the signs and symbols you look for the inherent message and so like because I was given the freedom to look at religion that way, um, by the time I got to college, I kind of, uh, more than being a Catholic, I, I say that I identify with Christ consciousness. Like even if I didn't use those words, um, but I truly believe that that is what saved me. And it's like, when it comes to the youth of today, um, most of them, are just spiritually bankrupt. And, and, and what do I mean by that? Your spirit is what, what lifts you up or what makes you feel capable, what makes you, your, your spirit is like the energy that you use to push you forward. So, you know, if we're talking physically, most of our kids, I spent, the, I spent many years uh, working in autism research. Well, I would say uh, developmental disabilities. And there is literature that shows that certain behaviors that we consider to be ADHD are actually <laughs> malnutrition. Um, and so like, once I started understanding that um, the way that behavior manifests itself, like the way that um, trauma or pain or situations manifest themselves they might not actually be what the issue is and so when it comes to young adults um I just employ implore parents to listen to their children if you have a 16 year old that does not like you because that's possible and I, I know a lot of parents don't want to hear that their kids don't like them but if you have a child at 16 and you know they don't like you, rather than take that personally or lash out at your child, um, reflect on yourself, of course, because you know I, I'm not here to blame a parent in any way, but sometimes we can't see ourselves in the way that our children see us. Um, we don't realize that we wear our pain, that we're projecting our pain. So if you've basically bullied your kid until they were 16, maybe it wasn't intentionally. And by 16, they wanna go. It is up to you to make sure that your, ch your child doesn't burn a bridge. You know what I mean? Like they wanna leave. If they wanna leave, prepare them to leave, but don't allow them to burn a bridge. And so they won't be able to come back up. So I guess in a nutshell, what I'm saying is, is that um, we are all children, all right? And you have to, put your, take yourself back to when you were your own child's age. Even if you can't, if, if they're young, four, five, six, you can't remember four, five, six. Um, but if you just watch your kids, then you will end up learning a lot about yourself. And you might find some areas of your life where you need to reparent yourself. <laughs> so um, I'm definitely open to having a, a, a more deeper conversation about this, but I just kind of wanted to just like put that out there um, about let's not forget about the older kids. They still need our guidance and the type of guidance they need from us is a lot different than um, little kids, but it's still essential and they are part of our community. So 
Thank you so, so much for uh, those bits of wisdom and those jewels that you just dropped on us, uh, Sister Courtney. Um, that was a magnificent presentation. On behalf of BBRB, we want to thank you for listening to the second part of the BBRB clinic. You were listening to Courtney Wheeler, who is an educator, an author, um, and she has some new stuff out. Um, she has a doodling adult book on Amazon. So check that out. Um, just search um, Courtney Willer as an author um, and you'll see some other books pop up. And if you'd like to follow her on Instagram, her IG is clove410. And yes, the 410 is repping Baltimore because she's repping Baltimore hard. Um, thank you again, Courtney, for um, being a part of this clinic. And thank you all for everybody who, um, who showed up and to people who are listening at this time. And I also want to recognize um, our big partner, which is um, Brother Mark Cox. Thank him for his energy always because uh, he's just a, a, a booby miles over here. And that's an inside joke we got. He's just ready to go all the time. And we want to ask um, anybody that is listening who is an educator, who has information that can help the community to be a better support to our black youth, especially our black boys, please reach out to us so we can um, include you in an upcoming clinic. And the best way to reach us is just via email. And that email again is blackboys, the letter R, beautiful at gmail.com. That is blackboysarebeautiful at gmail.com. And just in case you didn't get the memo, black boys are beautiful. Peace, peace.